welcome to the RodeoKids.com podcast. I'm your host, Camry Whitmer, and today we are going to talk about the relationship between being a parent and a coach and a child and an athlete. At RodeoKids.com, we realize, based on our own personal experiences, how difficult it can be and the challenges that come with being both a parent and a coach and a child and an athlete because Unlike other events or other sports where, you know, the more traditional sports, we get to send kids to the football field or the basketball court or the track field or the weight room or wherever it may be, and they have their own coach there and a different team, and there's a freedom of, or an hour of freedom for the parents or at least time to get other stuff done or pay attention to the other kids. In rodeo, it's a little different because typically you have your practice arena in your backyard or in your friend's backyard and there isn't as much structure set up. There's not a school that's organizing it. You're more on your own to figure it out and to be the parent and to be the coach. And not only are you telling them to get their homework done, do their laundry and clean their room, but you're also telling them to keep their tip down, saddle their horse, pack the trailer, all the things. Uh, so, you know, you guys have a an extra challenge with that. And the children, the same thing. You know, they don't have an outside voice telling them, you know, how to, how to do things or supporting them or a team. Uh, so it, it can just, it comes with its challenges and it's bittersweet. You know, there's beautiful relationships and memories and accomplishments and victories that come with being able to do this as a family. But we are here to support you with just a few different things to think about to have a better relationship and to be more on the same page where you can understand each other and there's more clarity because we want nothing but the best for you rodeo families. So we have created the Parent, Child, Coach, Athlete Contract, the PCCA, um, and that's what we're going to talk about today. And before we start going actually over the contract and the concepts of that, we want to remember what our end goal is with children. You know, for me as an adult, all of us, for everyone as an adult, as parents, as coaches, as teachers, as grandparents, or just adults that make a difference in their everyday lives as friends, we have a responsibility to stay focused on the end goal for these children who are the future, not just of rodeo, not just of your family, but of the entire world. Uh, and that seems pretty loaded, but we each have responsibility in, it, we each have a responsibility in making sure that we are teaching these kids and showing these kids, being an example, being an example by living the things that we want to see in the future. So we want children to be independent. We want them to be respectful. We want them to be caring and loving and have friends and be employable and be able to go out into that big, beautiful world of ours and not just survive, but thrive. Like that is at least my goal, and I'm sure as parents, as adults, as everybody, and, and as children, we want you guys, everybody wants to see them thrive and survive. So that's what we want to focus on as we think about all of this. You know, we 
have a tendency to get wrapped up in the titles and the short-term views of things. And maybe sometimes we start living vicariously through the children, through their eyes, through their experiences, and we make it more about us than we do about them. And we burn them out or we push them too hard or, you know, just all the things. And not saying that that's true for you at all. Uh, just things to think about. In this contract, we think about separating our roles. So there's a couple different roles that we want to define before we go into the contract. Things to think about. Like we have the parent and the child, and then we have the coach and the athlete. So as the parent and the child, we're talking about do your homework, uh, the laundry, the dishes, take the trash out, being the shoulder to cry on, being the person that you reach out to when you get your heart broken or when things don't go right, for guidance, for love, um, after you make a run, the, the disappointments, and then celebrating the victories and coming home to a cake and your birthdays and uh, you know things like that are more the parent-child roles, whereas the coach and the athlete are in the practice pen, in the competition arena, directly before and after a run. And we wanna define those because if we're carrying them into each other, then we start to have turmoil. We start to have confusion, we get miscommunication, and we get frustration. I mean, I know for me when I was growing up, if my parents were bickering at me about the laundry and then they were bickering at me about the laundry in the practice pen. Like, well, if you would have gotten your homework done, then we could have started sooner. And then I'm no longer focused on roping or running barrels or tying goats or riding bulls or whatever it is. Now I'm annoyed because I didn't get my laundry done yet. So I'm not focused on what's happening in the practice pen. Um, and vice versa, you know, if I'm in the middle of doing my laundry and I'm getting bickered at by my coach or getting coaching about, well, what are you going to do on this? Or if you would have done this, or if you would have done that in the practice pen, or, you know, you need to take care of your horse. You need to do this. You need to do that. And we're crossing those roles over and over again. Then there's just confusion and fuzziness and frustration. So we want to set some guidelines as to, okay, when we're in the practice pen, we're not going to talk about what's going on in the house. We're not going to talk about what's going on at school. Just like if they were going to go to basketball practice or football practice or soccer practice, their coach isn't going to go tell them to go home and do their laundry. Their coach might tell them to make sure they're taking care of what needs taken care of before they show up so that that's not on their mind. But they're not going to sit there and talk to them and talk to them and talk to them about all of those things on the way to the game when they're practicing or in the middle of a game. So those are just... Again, things to think about as we're helping these children become what we want the world to be in the long run. And then we get to be both, both the parent, coach, child, and athlete when we get to celebrate success, when we're having failures, when we're joining together as a family. So then I also want to talk about saving and helping versus supporting. So sometimes we get into situations where um, you know, we want to save somebody, save them and help them. My, my child will say, or a student will say, hey, can you help me put my saddle on? Well, if I go do it for the kid, I'm not actually teaching them anything. You know, I'm saving them from having to do it themselves, I'm, even though they're perfectly capable of it. Uh, we want to make sure that we're supporting them instead and taking the time 
being patient, if we take the time in the first place to teach them and guide them and provide them an opportunity to do it on their own, before too long, we don't have to do it for them at all, and they're perfectly capable um, to do it 100% on their own, so then we actually have more time. So often, I see parents and coaches and other siblings doing things for each other instead of just teaching them, and well, it just saves me time. Well, if you add up all the time that you spend saddling your kid's horse for the years that they could have been doing it on their own, Think of how much time you would have actually saved if you just would have taken 20 minutes the first time, 15 minutes the second time, 10 minutes the third time, 5 minutes the fourth time, and then they could do it on their own, or you just have to check it, how much time it would save you in the long run, and how much pride and how much your child would learn from that. So there's a really good example of a, a story that I was told with a little girl, her dad, and a banana. So this little girl walks up to her dad, and she says, hey, dad, um, I want this banana, but I can't get into it. I don't know how to eat it. So the dad grabs the banana. He peels it for her, gives her the banana. Little girl eats the banana. Everybody's okay. The next day, the little girl wants another banana, and the babysitter's there. The little girl walks to the babysitter, and she says, hey, I'd like to eat this banana. Can you help me? And the babysitter says, well... I could peel it for you, but I think if you go back into the kitchen and look for some utensils, you can find a way to peel this banana on your own. You're perfectly capable of it. Little girl goes back into the kitchen, fumbles around, the babysitter just chilling, listening, observing, seeing what happens, and after it takes a little while, she walks into the kitchen and the little girl has taken a butter knife and she has cut the banana directly in half and peeled the banana back from the middle. But the little girl still learned and got to have the banana on her own without the help. So next time she wants a banana, she can do it on her own. So nobody has to take any extra time because she's learned. And, you know, we can support them also by showing them different ways of doing things. But then we get to trust them that they are capable of it. One of my favorite quotes in the whole world is by Dennis Waitley, and it says, The greatest gifts you can give your children are the roots of responsibility and the wings of independence. So by giving this little girl the opportunity we and giving her the responsibility to peel her own banana, she gets to become independent and proud of herself. So just keep that quote in mind as we're going forward. And again, that goes right along with the end game, you know, focus back to the end game is to have responsibility and independence. Those are huge, huge things that a lot of people are lacking in this world right now. So now we're going to recommend after, you know, we've, we've cleared up some things, um, we've got some things to think about. Now let's sit down and have a good conversation. This is going to be an opportunity for children and parents to create a game plan. Um, which is the, the contract. It's the neutral agreement that doesn't come charged. We're each going to sit down individually. We've got one for the kids. We've got one for the parents. And then we have one that comes together so that everybody gets to speak. And it's really important to keep in mind and to set the, set the framework that this is neutral this is, and that this is our way to keep everybody accountable here we're going to clear all the frustration that has built up to this point 
all of the things that haven't been done, all the things that have been driving you crazy, all the all the things that are holding you back as parents and coaches from letting your kid take the next step and as kids and athletes from taking the next step yourself because you're worried about your parents or you're not focused on whatever it is that your goals are. So when we create this contract and this game plan and we have this sit down, we get to leave all of that behind. Now we are moving forward. We are drawing a line and we are crossing over it, leaving the past behind, creating a new framework and moving forward so that everybody's on the same page. Step one in the PCCA contract is through the child athlete's eyes. So here, the kid is going to, the athlete gets to write down what their goals are, what they want to, uh, why they want to accomplish these goals, who they need to be, not what they need to do, but who do they need to be? Like, do they need to be willing? Do they need to be open-minded, helpful, organized, understanding, disciplined? Uh, do they need to get rid of resistance? Uh, you know, just who do they need to be to accomplish these goals? Because we can write down whatever goals we want and we can say, this is what I'm going to do. But if we aren't being organized, disciplined, uh, forward thinking, helpful, understanding, coachable, if we aren't being those things, we aren't going to achieve the goal. So that's a really important step. And then they get to say what they need to support them in accomplishing these goals. And this is where they hopefully write down, you know, they need their parents, they need their horses, they need livestock, they need equipment. This is an opportunity for children and athletes to realize how much goes into accomplishing these goals. Sometimes I see these kids, they just don't understand. It's not because they're dumb, it's not because they're selfish, it's not because they're greedy or entitled, it's because they haven't been taught to think like that. They learn from experience. They learn from what we teach them. And too often, we don't sit down and have the conversation with them about money, about the care, about we just do it for them. Oh, they've got school, so I'm going to do chores for them. If they want it, they can get their booties out of bed and go do help do chores or do chores all by themselves or take some responsibility in it. But if they don't know, if they've never been told, if they've never been set the example because they get to sleep until they go to school and they don't see what goes into the day-to-day -day operations for their dreams to come true, then you can't blame them for being the way that they're being. That's all they know. So here, they're getting to think about that and they get to do this on their own. They get to start thinking about this on their own and then you can come back and talk about it as a family. So that's the first section. And then the second section is standing responsible for your goals. As Michael Jordan says, some people want it to happen, some people wish it would happen, and others make it happen. So this is where the kids get to sit down and realize exactly what it's going to take to make it happen. What are you responsible for in achieving your goals? And this includes how many times a week, how long they're gonna do it, what days they're gonna do it, all the details. For their barn chores, what are they responsible for? What do they request support for? Maybe they are in 10 other sports and FFA and honor society and speech and drama and all the things and there really aren't enough hours in the day. 
this is where they get to request support by saying, you know, could you help me do chores in the morning? I'll do them at night or uh, maybe I maybe they need help financially or I don't know what they're going to say. Uh, but this is where they get to write that down. And as parents, you get to see what they're thinking, what they know, what they don't know, what you think they know that they don't really know. Um, and then they also get a space to write in here, if they don't get it done, what will the consequences be? On all, so we've got barn chores, house chores, homework, schoolwork, um, in their livestock, what they need to do to care for, exercise, etc. What kind of equipment do they need to have? And what do they need to do to keep that equipment functioning? How are they going to be prepared for practice? How are they going to study and work on their event and their goals outside of the arena? All of those things are things that we really, we have to teach these kids and these athletes to think about or else they're never going to know. And then they're going to get to adulthood and they're going to have to start paying their own bills and doing this stuff on their own when they go to college or when they start pro rodeoing or when they start going to work and having a girlfriend and a family and all of these things come up. We're preparing them for the future with this kind of contract. So then support. Now we get to go into the relationship side of it. So here they get to write, how can my parents support me as a, as parents? Like, what do I need from them as parents? You know, financially, words of affirmation, holding you accountable, reminding you of your goals, you're being a shoulder to cry on, all those things. What do they need from you as parents? And then they also get to write what they need from you as coaches. Here we go back to separating being a parent and being a coach. You know, sometimes I love my dad. He's he's an awesome person, um, and I know he has my best interest at heart. But our relationship uh, with him as a coach is can be kind of rocky sometimes. <laughs> um, we hadn't had this conversation, and we did a lot of trial and error in figuring it out. And I wish I'm creating this because looking back, I can see how much closer I could have gotten to my goals and how much faster I could have gotten to my goals had we defined who I needed him to be for me as a coach versus a parent because it's different. And then how can your parents support you as coaches during competition? Like, you know, that's another thing with my parents that we had to establish. And you might not know, you know, you might revisit this contract here and there you know it's it is a lot of trial and error but this at least gives you a starting point as to my child doesn't like it when I come and tell them talk to them for five minutes before the run or maybe it's the opposite maybe my child wants me to come talk to them when I'm sitting in the stands trying to let them do their own thing they actually need me there to support them quietly loudly, whatever it may be, we get to find out what that is in this section of step one. The next thing is the constructive critiquing. We're not going to say criticism just because there's so much negativity surrounding that word. At the end of the day, it's just a word, but we want to set ourselves up for success. So constructive critiquing is trusting ourselves and those we appreciate to let us know where we are holding back, where we are making mistakes and playing small. To level up, we have to listen openly to constructive critiquing. 
And when it comes from your parents or when it comes from your children, that is one of the hardest things to hear. Uh, my mom and I have developed quite a relationship um, as a child. I did not want to listen to my mom. I wanted to figure it out on my own. I didn't want her to ride my horses to feel what was happening. It was, I can do this by myself, all of the things. And I was kind of a little turd sometimes. I mean, I probably should have got my butt whipped more than I did for my attitude towards getting assistance from my mom. And now I know it was all from the goodness of her heart. But what happened in our relationship is that the switch flipped. My mom went through a series of accidents for like five years and I was training horses full time and I was going and getting help from other people and just experiencing so much. And while she was going through surgeries and uh, recovery and all of those for six months at a time, I was the one riding her horses. So when she came back to ride her own horses, the tables turned and I was the one helping her. I was the one telling her, teaching her how to ride her own horses. And she felt that resistance. And I felt the resistance that she had gotten from me as a child. And the, I can do it on my own. I don't want to listen. I it, Pride and ego. That's what it is. When pride and ego steps in. So that's something that I completely understand. And I'm not promising at all that this is going to go away. Uh and those feelings are always going to be something that we don't want to disappoint our loved ones. We don't want to be seen as less than by our loved ones. So when we're doing something wrong, it can make us feel um, in ways that are not so great. So what we want to do is reformat that with this contract by saying uh, constructive practice critiquing. Uh, you know, what I will do for myself as the athlete is blank. What I request my coaches. So this is where we get to say, this is what I want to hear from you. This is what I request that you do to help me get to the next level. And then you, the last part is, I will accept constructive critiquing during practice by, again, this is where we go into by being open-minded, by listening by breathing. <laughs> breathing is a big deal. When I get that to where somebody's constructively critiquing me, like I get clammed up, I get tense, I feel this tightness in my chest, my shoulders come forward, and I just don't even breathe. I get worked up. So during constructive critiquing, for me, it's I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to let it sink all the way from the top of my head to the tips of my toes. I'm going to roll my shoulders back and I'm going to take it in and I'm going to remind myself that this is for my best interest. These people love me, they care about me, and they only want to see me do my best. And they're the eyes on the ground that I, they're gonna, they can see the things that I can't. So be open-minded and listen. That's my exception. So it'll just be interesting to hear what you know your children are willing to do and then during competition, after competition, how they will constructively critique themselves, what they request of their coaches, and how they will accept it. You know, after we make a competitive run, there's that much more emotion involved in it because in practice, you know, we're just getting ready. But whether you succeeded or whether you failed in competition can really affect our mood when we put it all out there on the line and it does or doesn't work. 
So this is where we get to decide, like, okay, I'm not going to sit here and pout for two hours. I'm going to suck it up. I'm going to listen. I'm going to be open-minded. I'm going to do everything that I can to get to the next level. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know what they'll say, but this is where we get to find that out. So then we get to a little section for feedback. We, my mom and my sisters and I have been in a program called Hardcore Leadership, and we have learned a lot about how important feedback is. Because feedback is the breakfast of champions, says Ken Blanchard. And this is feedback for both parents, coaches, children, and athletes. And here on the contract, we have feedback is neutral until we assign a meaning. Feedback given, is given through the lens of the person giving the feedback. So what that means is when I give somebody feedback, it's based on my past experiences, how I see them, how I see what they're doing, with how they're performing, the mistakes that I am pointing out. I can point those out because I've made those mistakes. I've seen those things happen. You know, that's through my lens, through my past. The person standing beside me will have a different, a different lens, a different experience. And that goes back to our relationships, you know, with our parents or with the kids' grandparents, you know. What mom sees in that based on her childhood and her relationship and how she learned to communicate with her parents is going to be different than dad. And so it's important just to remember when you're giving feedback, it's neutral because it's just through their lens. And you get to decide what charge you're going to put on it and what emotion you're going to put on it or if you're just going to let it come in, soak it in, take what you can, leave what doesn't work and move forward. It's important to read, analyze, digest, and don't take it personally. Learn from it and shift into a way of being, being open-minded, being curious, being willing, uh, being in a way that you can try new things. Uh, so be those that can serve everyone. So we get to say it frustrates me when in the practice pen you, at home you, and at the rodeo you do these things. This is what frustrates me. And then in a perfect world, this is what I would like from you. That in the practice pen, you would do these things. At home, you would do these things. At the rodeo, you would do these things. And then you just get to sit back and take that in. Uh, these aren't necessarily, they don't need to be discussed in depth. They just need to be taken into account. They need to be recognized. And they need to be a tool for us to step it up and come together in a better way. Uh, this feedback comes with love, comes from love. So don't get angry about it. Soak it up and see how you can shift into having a better life with your children and with your parents. Last but not least is celebrating the wins, big and small, both verbally and physically with a simple physical motion and one word that allows the whole family to celebrate together. But what we get to do is figure out one move. Uh, it can be like a fist pump, and you can blow it up, you can point to the air, you can, you know, pull the lawnmower to start it, or the generator, you can both hands up, high five, air fives, whatever comes to your mind, you know, this gets to be creative and fun. We have one motion, and then we have one word, or one small phrase. And that just lets us know that we did it, we accomplished it, we took that step. And we also get to write down 
what it means to us when we make that motion. So for me, it's yes, and I throw my hand up in the air, I point to the good Lord, and I get to say yes, I'm one step closer to my goal. The other day I went to a barrel race, and I have a married who's had ulcers, and we've just been struggling for a couple years now to really figure out what's been going on with her. And I finally went to a barrel race, and I was able to work her through some issues and have her just calm down, take a couple deep breaths, enter the arena calm, and leave the arena calm. Was my run pretty? No, it wasn't. I haven't been making very many fast runs. I felt like I was way behind my horse. I graced the second barrel and hit it, knocked it over. So I didn't even get a clean time. But my small victory was that for the first time, I felt like my mare was herself again. And so that was a yes moment for me. Another little girl, uh, hers is bam. And she throws her fist straight forward. Bam, did it. One of them, boom shakalaka. And just whatever. There's one, uh, there's a gentleman down the road who throws his hands up in the air and says, ta-da. So you get to choose what that is. Um, and that way, maybe you're not in a situation where you can say the word, but you can do the motion from across the arena. You know, when you're, when your kids or your students find you in the crowd, you can make that motion and they'll know exactly what it means that they are proud of you. So it just, it gets to be fun. It gets to be fun. So that's step one. So next is step two. Now we get to talk about, as the parent and the coach, what you think, what you want, what you'll do, and the prices that you're going to pay for that. What are your consequences for when you don't show up? So first is goal setting. Goal setting is the first step in turning the invisible into visible. That's what Tony Robbins, it's one of his famous quotes. So here we get to talk about what are your goals for your children. Uh, what do you want them to accomplish? Why do you want them to accomplish these goals for them or for you? Uh, things to think about. Who do you get to be to support them in accomplishing these goals? Do you get to be supportive? Do you get to listen? Do you get to be patient? Do you get to be direct? Maybe you are either the standoffish parent that allows them to do it on their own and you're always busy and you're not making very much time for them. So maybe you get to step into being there, showing up, making time, making space. Or maybe you're the parent that's always there and you're in the space and you're taking up space and you're not listening and you're being abrasive and you're talking to them all the time or coaching them all the time. And maybe you need to take a step back and let them show you what they can do. Uh, so you get to define that and just think about that and write it down. And then how you're willing to support them and accomplish things, uh, how you are willing to support them in accomplishing these goals. You know, what are some things that you're willing to do? Then the goal support. So we've already learned what our children want. You know, they're getting to write that down, what the kids want, what the athletes want. And then you get to say what you expect. Uh, we know when you're doing the barn chores. What do you expect as parents? How are you willing to support them? Maybe your support is, I'm willing to buy you the feed. I'm willing to make sure you're out of bed in the morning. I'm willing to help you do chores at night if you do them in the morning or vice versa. Or we're willing to do all the chores, but you clean all the stalls and help get hay and do all those things. 
know, you get to define what that looks like here. And then you also get to say, if you don't hold up your end of the deal, what will the consequences be? These are things that you get to decide as a family if you're going to exchange the papers or not. Because different families, different dynamics, different situations all have, you know, their own way of doing things. And this is just to open up everybody's minds and help them engage in thinking about the end goal and how we can accomplish the goals, the little things that get us to the end goal. So parents, you get to say, if we don't hold up our end of the deal, the consequences will be. Because when we don't, as coaches and parents, don't follow through with what we told our kids were, we're instilling disappointment in them. Is that life? Yes, there are times that it can't happen and they need to learn that as well. But there's also times that we just get too busy. We get selfish. We get preoccupied. We start to, we get misprioritized. So there are consequences that we pay from that. So if you don't support your children on making sure that the feed's there, they can't feed their horses. And what's the consequence? The consequence will be that my child can't get one step closer to his goal. Um, so it doesn't actually have to be like, oh, if I don't do this, then I'm going to go do 10 push-ups. It doesn't have to be like that. Um, it just has to be like, how am I going to make my child feel? How am I helping them get closer to their goal if I don't, if we don't show up? So you get to go through that on your barn chores, house chores, homework, horses and livestock. You know, what, what do we expect? What are we willing to do to support you? Um, equipment, being prepared for practice. We expect you to have your horses caught, the cattle in the, in the barn or in the return alley or your ropes, everything. If you're a really busy parent that doesn't get to be home very much and you want to be a part of it, your kids need to have everything ready, depending on what age they are. They need to have it ready so when you get home, you get to sit out there, run the shoot, observe, video, give feedback, and coach. Um, it's not necessarily your responsibility to do all of the other things that they're perfectly capable of doing on their own. So we get to hold these children big. And then what do you expect for them when they're studying, you know, and, and doing things outside of the arena, like watching videos, reading books, listening to podcasts, taking notes, you know, what do you expect of your children if they have these big goals? How would you expect them to do to, to accomplish them? How will you support them? Maybe you'll, you'll let them have an hour of screen time at night to watch YouTube videos. Maybe you'll buy them a rope and dummy or a goat tie and dummy so that they are a, a calf tie and dummy so they can tie at the house inside at night when you're watching TV or when you're chilling. Um, so those are just things you get to consider. How are you willing to support them in achieving their goals financially? What are, what's the agreement? Your kids can't learn about money if we don't teach them. And we all know they don't teach that stuff in school. Or if they do, a lot of us aren't listening very well because it's not been working out very well if we look around for a lot of people. So this gives you an opportunity to say, this is what we're going to do for you. Maybe here, you open a checking account for them and say, hey, we're going to start you out in the summer for your entry fees and everything. We're going to put $1,000 in your checking account. And you get to write your own checks. You get to balance your checkbook. We'll support you by at the end of every week on Sunday or whatever day it may be. Um, we're going to go over that and teach you how to balance this and teach you how to invest your money wisely 
and how to take out a loan. You know, if you if you don't step up or if things don't go right and, you know, you have a series of, of things, we're not going to let you sink. We do expect you to put in the work that you can achieve the goals that you're looking for that are going to also help you financially. That's one scenario. Maybe you just say, we will pay for you. It depends on how old your children are. It depends on what level they're at. Maybe they're just getting started and you can't expect them to win a lot. But those are things that you get to think about and be open and honest, mature, and trust and let your children play big. Hold them big. Hold them big because they are capable of so much more. So much more than we often believe. Now, how are you going to support them verbally? What are things you're going to say? What are things you're physically going to do? And then as coaches during practice, what are your actions and words that you're going to use? If, are you going to run the shoot? Are you going to break down videos? Are you going to ask problem-solving questions instead of telling them the problem and the solution? You, know, you get to think about those things. And then as coaches during competition, we will support you by helping you create a game plan, supporting you in creating a game plan, trusting, pushing calves, um, pulling gates or pulling bull ropes or setting up the trailer or whatever it may be. And I, I want everybody to take this seriously, but I also want this to just be something fun, something creative that we get to do to get to the next level. This gets to be something that's Something that's going to get rid of tension, frustration, confusion, and it's going to shift us into understanding, clarity, teamwork, and accountability. The next step, constructive critiquing as coaches and parents. Again, constructive critiquing is trusting ourselves and those we appreciate to let us know where we are holding back, making mistakes, and playing small. To level up, we must listen openly to constructive critiquing. We have a soft world right now. You can't hurt anybody's feelings. You can't say anything that's going to challenge anybody. Life does not work that way, whether you want it to or not, whether that's how you raised where you can't ever do anything wrong and nobody ever says anything that's going to challenge you. In life, that's going to happen. Whether people do it intentionally or not, you're going to get your feelings hurt. People are going to give you feedback. You're going to screw up. You're going to need to know it and you're going to have to figure out how to shift and get better because there's no way that any of us can do it perfect to begin with. So parents, I'm sure you know that um, and you don't have to handle your kids with kid gloves. You know, they, they are resilient and they're going to appreciate that feedback and you get to be strong for them. You get to help them play a big game. You get to see their potential before they see it and you get to support them in getting it. So here, how are you going to constructively critique them? You know, they're already thinking about how they're willing to be critiqued. Now you get to say what you're going to do and what it means and why um, in practice and in competition. You know, and always remember that we need to stress that we're saying these things as coaches and parents out of love, out of appreciation, out of the end goal, out of the desire to have good, strong human beings all the way around to make the world a better place in the future. And then your feedback. You know, you get to tell your children that it frustrates you when they don't do the dishes, when they talk back, when they look at you with that snarky look on their face. 
you know, they might not realize how much of an impact that has on you and how much it hurts your feelings or how much frustration it adds to you. Uh, so you get to tell them that and then you get to stay in a perfect world. You would smile all the time. You would be more verbal. You would be more open-minded. All of the things. And then lastly on here, we have celebrating the wins. You get to, as parents, coaches, talk about how you're going to celebrate the victories, both big and small. What you want them to know when you're doing those celebrations. What, when you're saying these things, what does it really mean? For example, uh, just a couple weeks ago, my mom told me that she was proud of me, period. Like, she left it as, you know, I just want you to know I'm really proud of you. And that meant a lot to me. Like, obviously, anytime somebody says that they're proud of you, it, it's a good feeling. But I went the step further and I said, you know, mom, like, I really appreciate that. But why? Like, what do you mean? Why are you proud of me? You know, are you proud of me because I just helped you put away the dishes? Or are you proud of me because, you know, I've started two companies? You know, like, there's a big range of things. Or are you proud of me just for my way of being? Are you proud of me for accomplishing this goal or for sticking to it or for whatever it may be but then once she defined what she was proud of me for and what it meant gosh darn did I feel good so just let your children know what it means when you say things uh, maybe there's something that you often say like great job like what does great job mean what does that really mean to you because if you hear it over and over and over again it starts to lose its meaning so we get to say that kind of stuff. So we get to create those feelings of confidence and that being proud of each other and stepping up and taking it to the next level and just creating that atmosphere that champions need, that champions get to have to make it to the next level. And we get to play as a team to do that. We are at the last step, creating the actual contract. Step three we get to now come together to create a contract. This is a mutual contract, an agreement, guidelines that help us all to achieve those goals that, you know, as, as parents and coaches, my goal for me at least is to see those kids achieve their goals. That's my goal for them. So now we write down exactly I, Bobby, the athlete, child, want to achieve the following goals. I am committed to standing responsible at home for blank, 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 and blank. These are the things I'm willing to do. If I don't complete my commitments, the consequences that I'll pay is doing the dishes, 20 jumping jacks, cleaning all the stalls, doing my sister's laundry, um, whatever that looks like. And then in the practice pen, I am committed to standing responsible in the practice pen for getting my, my calves in, getting the bowls in, having everything ready you know, greasing the chute, whatever that looks like at your house in the practice pen. If I don't complete my commitments, the consequences that I am paying are I'm not going to achieve my goal, I'm not playing team, I'm taking too much time, and I'm going to do 20 jumping jacks because of it. I don't know what that looks like for you. Um, you get to decide that. I am committed to standing responsible in the competition arena for I'm going to do these things. This is what I'm responsible for. And if I don't, the consequences I'm willing to pay. I agree that my parents and coaches can hold me accountable without complaints by doing these things. Um, I will constructively critique myself by blank. When my coaches constructively critique me, I will blank. To celebrate the wins big and small, we will say and do. 
and what this will mean to us collectively as a team, as a family, is blank, 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 and blank. Um, and I will show my appreciation and gratitude by doing these things. We often get wrapped up in um, the selfish side of things and start to have the entitlement, the deserving. Uh, so here we get to show what we're going to do to show our appreciation and gratitude. Number 11, I accept, I agree to accept and give constructive critiquing and feedback to better my performance, character, and how I show up for my family, animals, friends, life, and God. I agree to have a good attitude and appreciate the opportunities my parents provide for me. Signed, dated, and signed by the child athlete. And now on the last part, the parents get to go through and agree to everything that the children stated before, and they get to add in a few things on how you agree to financially support them. Um, on how you agree to financially support them, how you agree to be, as in supportive, open, calm. Um, and we also threw in here too that we agree not to discuss household or school related topics or issues until blank minutes before or after practice sessions or competition. That way we have a little grace period in there because we know that that's important. We accept to give and construct we, ex we agree to accept and give constructive criticism. We agree to accept and give constructive critiquing with open minds and hearts. We agree to revisit disagreements and disappointments 24 hours after they take place to discuss agreements, improvements, and changes needed. That's something that's really important because when the emotions are high and we're either super excited or super disappointed, things get kind of stretched out of context. So sometimes we just need to sleep on it and revisit it the next day. So make that agreement that, you know, we're committed to waiting 24 hours. And then we're going to celebrate all of the meetings mean blank. And then there's a place that you can add additional articles or amendments to different rules or different uh, articles just so that and then both parents sign or one parent or however you have it set up, sign it, date it, and put it in a file, put it on the refrigerator, make copies of it so that everybody has one, uh, however you need to take care of that so that everybody knows where it's at and it can be revisited. And the cool thing about this is it can be changed, you know, there's going to be things that pop up and... You can make amendments to it, you can adjust it, or whatever you need to do for your family. Uh, and you can have one for your whole family. Maybe you have individual contracts with your kids. You know, maybe you utilize this for your kids who rodeo, and then you create one similar for your kids that play volleyball or football or whatever it may be. Or maybe they just like to be involved in 4-H, but you'd like to have a better agreement and understanding as to where everybody stands. So use this to your advantage. I do recommend having individual ones per kid. Uh, you know, one of my pet peeves is when people talk about horses and, well, they're a firewater foot, they've got to be good. 
Well, not all bloodlines are the same. You know, I have two brothers and two sisters, and we're bred the same, and we all have different visions, different personalities, different athletic styles, and our brains just function a little different even though we're bred the same. So uh, maybe making this agreement so that everybody is on the same page individually and as a family. You can find a link to this contract in the footnotes. You can also find it on rodeokids.com. If you as a parent or a coach or as a child or athlete are looking for extra support or additional support from an outsider's point of view, uh, please check out the new rodeokids.com coaching calls. They're very affordable. You can get them in either 30 or 60 minute sessions and we can talk about whatever you need, whether it be goal setting or maybe you have a mental block when you get to the rodeo or in the practice pen that you just need some different strategies to help you get through that and over that hurdle. We can break down videos to support you in gaining that extra tenth of a second or a full second or whatever level you're at. We can talk about health and wellness, which is something that we at RodeoKids.com take very seriously. And I personally believe that having a healthy body and a healthy mind are going to be exactly the competitive advantage that most people are looking for. Even the people who have the best technique, who put in all the time and work hard and are very passionate about it, if you're not healthy, that's going to hold you back. So we can definitely come up with some plans to help you and support you in having a strong, healthy body and mind. The PCCA was developed to support you in building a strong relationship within your family, but we also know that it can't... A piece of paper is a step in the right direction, but that additional support can definitely that additional support can definitely be beneficial. We're also very passionate about horsemanship and having good practice drills and just doing everything that it takes to build the confidence to be champions both inside and outside the arena. So our coaching calls can encompass one or all of those things. We can set up one coaching call or we can set up a whole series of them. You know, our goal is to see you at the top in life and in the competitive arena. So please reach out to us if we can support you in any way possible. If you have any questions, let us know. Again, this is all on rodeokids.com and you can find the PCCA contract on the rodeokids.com backslash coaching calls page. And you can also find it in the footnote. Thank you for listening to the rodeokids.com podcast. If you know of anybody else who could learn from this podcast or the PCCA contract, please share with them on social media, send them a text message, let them know about the podcast, let them know about the contract, and let them know about rodeokids.com. Thank you for your time, safe travels, and God bless. 